Chris Cartman, the editor of SunDevilSource.com. Chris, thanks for joining me, man. Good to hear your voice again. How you doing? Tim, I'm awesome. It feels like old time. Glad to talk to you. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, man, before we jump into this, I want to give you a plug. As per usual, it's always a great time right now to subscribe to SunDevilSource.com and become a VIP member, is it not? <laughs> man, it really is, especially uh, until midnight tonight. You get CBS All Access included with a 50% off Sun Devil Source. So it's right now is like the best day you're probably going to get all year. <laughs> there you go. I knew it. I knew it. It's always a great time to join SunDevilSource.com. <laughs> hey, listen, Chris, before we jump into spring football, NFL Combine invites went out today. 323 players, two Sun Devils, Asari Crosswell and Frank Darby. Uh, real quick, just your, your, your brief thoughts. Were any Sun Devils snubbed, in your opinion, on a combine invite? No, I don't think so. And, okay. and that's primarily just because ASU has almost all of their seniors from last year returning, right? Uh, Crosswell decided to leave the team last year in the middle of the year. Um, I didn't, wasn't sure if he would get an invite or not. He, he was a really highly regarded player coming out of high school and started as a freshman, so it makes sense in that regard. Frank Darby obviously deserves you know, that opportunity. Was looked really good uh, at, at points during the week in the Reese's Bowl. So, but no, with ASU 20 uh, starters coming back, yeah. 15, I guess, it's it's uh, it's pretty rare to have that happen, and so no no snubs. All right, so believe it or not, fourth season now already for Herm Edwards. Before we gotta get into the details, just kind of give me the set the table, Chris. Now, as the dust has settled now from the the COVID campaign of 2020, just in your estimation, what are the lingering effects of 2020 mentally, physically on the roster? Uh, you know, the lack of practice last year, the lack of game action, how this all affected the program as we sit here today on March 3rd, 2021. Well, it was a really rough start to their season. They had all these COVID uh, interruptions after going through all of summer and fall with not having any problems. And then they lose a game to USC they should have won. And that really took a lot of air out of their sails. Immediately after that, they have you know all these you know COVID problems, and they don't play for almost a month, twenty eight days, I think it was, uh, to UCLA. Uh, you know, and, and then they they finished the season on a really high note with the, the, that seventy seven over Arizona, uh, beat up on Oregon State, put a lot of points on the board, got a lot of their backups and reserves onto the field, feeling good about themselves and making some plays, and that's the type of thing that re-energizes you. So even though with a, a four-game small sample size, uh, they uh, were the, the top-scoring offense in the Pac-12 last year at 40 points per game. Uh, they were the top-scoring defense. You rarely are going to see that. Uh, they have to do it over you know a, a regular schedule. But um, just what they are saying is they realize that expectations are really high and they should be, and this. It uh, shapes up to be their best team that they've had in the four years under Herm Edwards. They have all of their starters back on defense from a group that many of whom were starting when they were freshmen, and now they're going into their fourth year, right? So uh, and then on offense, their the run offense was great last year, even uh, after losing Eno Benjamin, uh, just what they were able to do to shore up their offensive line uh, with Kellen Deesh, the Texas A&M 
transfer who was excellent at left tackle. Henry Haddis played well from Stanford transferring in at right guard. Uh, and they have four of those guys coming back this year on, on the offensive line. Curtis Hodges is back as a tight end. Rashad White averaged 10 yards a, a carry last year, which is insane. And Diamante Trainum was really good as a freshman running back. Uh, of course, Jaden Daniels going into his third year. So there's a, there's so many things that, that really create this uh, emotional sort of energy and synergy about the program right now. And I think their schedule also sets up really well for them, especially in, in the first half. So this is probably the most promising that uh, I've seen an ASU team in a number of years. Yeah, Chris Cartman, SunDevilSource.com. Let me get the obligatory Jaden Daniels question in now. You know, Chris is not only a writer and the 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 leader of his website, but Chris is also a pretty good scout. So, uh, Chris, g- give me through a scout size. Talk to me about Jaden Daniels. Has he put on weight? Do you think he's ready to take the next step to perhaps lead this team to a conference championship, to a major bowl game? to perhaps elevate himself into All-American consideration, Heisman Trophy consideration. Where do you see his game at here in March as he embarks on spring football? Yeah, I think you have to take a step back. And uh, he was the best freshman quarterback that I had seen in all my time doing this. But then going into his sophomore year, uh, they he loses uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk, and they have a new coordinator, and it's a much more challenging offensive scheme, a lot more responsibility put on the quarterback. Then Frank Darby gets hurt against USC, doesn't play again, um, and he's adjusting to all of these new personnel around him and a scheme. And then they have the COVID thing, which kind of wiped out almost the whole offense and a lot of their coaches on that side of the ball for a month. And I just think that it was too much, really, for them to have a great sort of uh, rhythm and continuity throughout the year. Now, uh, seeing him today, he definitely looks like he's gained weight from last year, yep. uh, about 10 pounds, uh, up to around 190 pounds now, which is trending in the right direction. He's going to have to be over 200 pounds probably uh, by the time he's in an NFL combine, you know, projecting out if he's going to be a first, second, even a third-round pick, uh, which he gets buyers to do. I think there were some technical things last year where he got caught between running and throwing his mechanics weren't as as crisp i don't think that he hung in the pocket and really stepped into a lot of his throws as much as he needed to at the same time his arm got better last year just the overall sort of arm talent continues to improve as he gets bigger and stronger uh he is a very good athlete he has great escapability and playmaking on the move, uh, his third down capability uh, when teams are, are playing man, uh, it can really hurt uh, opponents because he can scramble and, and get a lot of yards. Uh, so there's a dynamic capability there, but just now that he's getting into sync with his receivers more, he understands his scheme at a better level, the run game is good, I think their play-action ability should really open up. And I do anticipate in a full season – where you have that rhythm, that he's going to take a big step forward and be one of the most talked-about quarterbacks in the country. Chris, is there a big play receiver on the roster right now that can carry on the Nikhil Harry, Brandon Ayuk, Frank Darby legacy, if you will? There's a few candidates. So Brian Thompson's transferring in. He's not with the team uh, in, in spring. But in Utah, he was their leader in yards per catch over the last three years, and he started a bunch of games at Utah 
he's a, a really lanky, long, uh, um, high-speed type of a, a receiver on the outside. And then a couple guys that I think showed that capability last year, Jordan Porter, he has track speed, 10, 5, 10, 600 meters. Uh, if you let him loose, that's going to be a problem. Andre Johnson showed it last year with some double moves and big play capability. So the guy that everybody's really talking about was academically ineligible last year, and that's Elijah Badger. Uh, some coaches even said to me that he might have been their best practice wide receiver on the team last year, and he has a chance to be a Brandon IU type of a guy at that X position. Uh, LV Bunkley Shelton is somebody who is more of a, a, uh, a lot of spot, a lot of targets type of a guy underneath yep. H receiver in the slot. Chris, I got about 30 seconds. So I got one more for you. Jack Jones, Chase Lucas, best corner duo. You've seen at ASU best corner duo coming up in the pack this season. One of the best corner duos in the country. Yay or nay on all three of those. I would say yes, and importantly, you go back to 2013, and they had uh, three in their secondary that were all Pac-12 players, and I would say that this duo is even better than what they had then. Uh, These are guys who are all Pac-12 level players. Fantastic. Chris Cartman, appreciate it. I know you just posted a story on your uh, thoughts on opening day, so check that out on Sun Devil uh, Source. And as Chris said, it is always a great time to subscribe and become a VIP member at sundevilsource.com. Chris, appreciate it, man. You're the man. I appreciate it so much. We'll we'll talk soon. All right, Chris Cartman, Sun Devil Source.